Hello, hello. Y'all can hear me good, huh? It is so good to be back in the Texoma area. I see so many friendly faces here and love you guys. I'm, I'm so excited. I, I wish I could have time to hug everybody, but I'm going to try, okay? I just want to um, start out with just some prayer first before I deliver this message. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the honor and privilege of doing your work. I thank you for every person that's present here this morning, every home represented. And I just thank you that, Holy Spirit, you're going to speak in and through me. And that every word is seed and it will be cultivated in good ground, Father, and produce much fruit. I just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So just a real quick introduction. My name's Liza West. I am the campus pastor in Woodland Park, Colorado, the beautiful Woodland Park, Colorado. <laughs> a lot less humidity there. My hair looks better there. I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there. But we are in the middle of campus pastor rotation. So as we speak, Pastor Dwayne, our senior pastor, is in Woodland Park, Colorado, bringing a message. So uh, just thank you. And then, and, oh, Pastor Zach is in Atoka today. So um, it's just fun for us to rotate and, and each share a message. As Pastor Lee said, Every speaker here is phenomenal. I mean, man, the blessing on this house is so great. So this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about winning in the, the, the game of life, you know, but I want to parallel to running your race. So if you're ready to be challenged, I'm going to challenge you this morning to step out of a comfort zone and really get stirred up to good works. Amen? So finishing your race, what is our race? Our race is actually what God has called us to, and it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody, but there are things that are not going to happen on accident, and finishing your race and finishing it well is not going to happen on accident. Amen? It's going to take every bit of intentionality and, and diligence to finish your race and finish it well, because what God has called us to is to finish with joy, to finish happy, to finish well, amen? It's not to just grit our teeth and bear through it, but there are things that we have to do and be aware of to finish well. I'm going to be hitting on four things this morning. The first one is to know your race. The second one is to train for your race. The third one is to keep your focus. And the fourth one is to not get distracted. And I'm going to break down each of these four elements for you this morning. The first one is to know your race. Everyone's got a race. My race doesn't look like somebody else's. Their race is not mine. But somehow in the church, the Big C Church, we get trapped in this tunnel and thinking that our call is in a vacuum and that it's going to be cookie cutter. Can I get a witness? We have a creative God. And, and he gives us very particular gift sets, very specific characteristics for the race he set before us and called us to. Listen, guys, when I was born, I talked a lot. 
I made good grades, but I was always in trouble for talking too much. And I was a little bit bossy. Let me tell you, when you get those gift sets and, and moms and dads, when you get that and cultivate it and put it into kingdom purposes, it is the most beautiful thing. But when we step outside of that, when we step outside of that, that's when it's harmful. My big mouth can get me in trouble. My greatest gift can also be my greatest handicap. So it's really important to know what God has asked of you. What is your race? And that takes being intentional to listen. Listen to what he's saying. What is he stirring in you? A lot of times what troubles you if you see something or see somebody or a people group that needs the love of God and it stirs something in you, that tension you're feeling is what you're called to, friends. If you say, this needs to be done, guess what? God's calling you to do it. And you may think, well, well that, that's something I'm not qualified to do. That's something that is way too incredible, way too unbelievable. I'm not equipped. I'm not qualified. I don't have the experience. I'm just telling you some excuses I had. I don't have the experience. I haven't been good enough. Come on. I haven't been good enough, but I'm here to tell you if it's unbelievable, it is God. Because if, if it's something that you're qualified to do or something that you feel like you can do in and of yourself, then it's not God. See, because he works through our weakness as we surrender to him. So again, know your race. Don't focus on past mistakes or past failures either. Galatians 2.20, out of the passion. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. Let me tell you, the old Liza is dead. The old Liza is dead. That person who hung her head down because of all the death spoken over is dead. And I'm not resurrecting her, okay? We cannot be in the business of resurrecting the old person because here we see we were co-crucified with Christ. And that person no longer lives for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Friends, once you receive Christ, we are on this spiritual journey. And in that journey, I would propose that it's more of a journey inward than it is outward. The journey inward is the discovery that the fullness of the Godhead lives in me. So all those excuses not to do what God has called me to they really don't count for much when I have the realization and the awareness of the fullness of Godhead, the kingdom of God is in me wanting to be expressed outwardly. And so the journey inward is to discover God in you. The second thing, first, is know your race. Second one is to train for your race. When I did a marathon, I had to train. I had to cultivate 
endurance. I had to cultivate strength in my muscles, in my quads, in my hamstrings. I had to do all those things. That involved some consistency. I had to get up when I didn't feel like it and hit the pavement and do several short runs and one long run every week. Because when race time came, I had to know when the pain hit and every neuron in my body was saying, stop, you're crazy, lay down, sit down, quit running. Why are you doing this? I had to know I've been there before. It is so much even more important in the race called life of what God has called you to, to actually train for what he's called you to. And there are multiple ways to do that. One of them, of course, is being a student of the word. It sounds so basic, but it is missed so often. Devouring the word of God, 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run their very best to win, but only one receives a prize? Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now, every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Notice there, first he's talking about a natural race, someone competing in a race for a natural crown. But then he talks about us in our spiritual race that we do it to receive an imperishable crown. What do we do? We're disciplined and we're self-controlled. And my friends, you cannot do that without being a student of the word. You cannot do that without this intimate relationship with the person of Jesus. Because if you try to do it in your own strength, I'm here to tell you, you will fail. I've been there. I've tried it. It didn't work. So you have to run in such a way that you are running with discipline and training Verse 26, therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. That's again, knowing your race. What are you called to? You have a goal. I do not flail around like one beating the air, just shadow boxing. This is another thing. When you have a goal of a finish line, you know it's going to require something of you to make it there and to make it alive. When I was training for a marathon, I had to be very vigilant about what I took in food-wise Could I eat a dozen donuts right before the gun went off? Absolutely. Would I die at mile two? Absolutely. (laughs) So I had to be vigilant about what am I going to take into my body? What is going to sustain me for the long haul? Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about food now. What is going to take you the long haul to finish your race and finish it well? What are you putting in? What are you watching? What are you hearing? See, for what God has called me to, he's asked me to not put certain things before my eyes or hear certain things. It doesn't mean it's necessarily right for other people, but it's what God has called me to. And how do I know that? Because I listen. And it's so important to listen to God and what he's asking you to do and for you to actually be attentive to those things that he's telling you Daughter, son, for where I want to take you, this is what I need you to do. This is your training. So that involves relationship and studying the word. Don't eat junk food. 
Hebrews 6, 11, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Diligence is careful and persistence, work and effort. It's not going to happen while you're sleeping. It's not going to happen without you intentionally setting aside time to be a student of the word, to devour the word, to study it and not just read it. It's so important that we are careful and persistent. Romans 12.2, very familiar verse, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively change as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind. Focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is. See, it's prove to yourself. Prove to yourself. Because I'm going to tell you when the lie of the enemy comes and says, you can't do this. You can't do that. Surprise, I'm a woman. When that lie came, I had to have the truth to combat it and prove it to myself. See, God doesn't need the proof. He already knows how I'm known in heaven. I needed to know that. And it's not until we get into the word and replace the lie with truth that we can continue our race. Another thing is knowing that sometimes you need a bigger helping. In marathoning, there's this thing called carb loading. I know carbs are like the devil nowadays. But if you are about to run a marathon, carbs are very important and specific carbs. And so what you're doing is you're fueling up before a race so that you can actually have reserve energy. Some of us need to carb load on the word. Because what happened is when I stepped into this new responsibility, the Lord was very um, intentional to tell me something very important. And he said, daughter, you've been feeding well, but now you're going to have to eat double. And I don't know what God has called you to, but you have to sometimes have an extra helping. You need to carb load. Amen. You need to go the long haul. And sometimes that's going to require a whole lot more reserves than when you're in your baby phase. Okay. And as you mature, that's going to grow. Unfortunately, what ends up happening is our appetites don't stay high. It's not going to come naturally is what I'm telling you. It's going to take you being aware of the call on your life and being aware of what is required. Another thing with running is there's this rhythm of breathing. You have to be very aware of your breath. You have to be aware of inhaling, exhaling, and not like shallow breaths. You need to breathe well. Oxygen is kind of necessary, right? And when you're running, you're expending a lot of energy, And we're aware of that when we're running. We're aware of that when we're running upstairs or whatever it is we're doing. Why are we as believers 
thinking that we can exhale without inhaling first. There is this rhythm of inhaling, then exhaling. Because before you can exhale, you need to inhale. And it doesn't mean I inhale once and exhale five times and then inhale again. It means there is a rhythm to my breathing in the word of God, breathing in the person of God, breathing in rest that is absolutely necessary for me to finish my race. Mark 6, 31, there was such a swirl of activity around Jesus with so many people coming and going that they were unable even to eat a meal. It's that thing called busy. It's the B word, busy. So Jesus said to his disciples, come, let's take a break and find a secluded place where you can rest a while. There are going to be moments in your race where it will feel like there's this tornado, this vortex of busyness. And we have to be aware enough to say, whoa, this is my moment to take a break. Let me go away with Jesus and rest a while. So that I can come back refreshed. Watch this in Matthew 11. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life. I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Friends, there's going to be times... And I can personally say in my life, there have been times where I felt like, man, this is too hard. This is too hard. And and feeling like that sense of defeat. But that's when I need the Lord to remind me as he does. Easy yoke, light burden. Easy yoke, light burden. If I'm feeling the weight of it, then it's displaced in the wrong area. It doesn't belong on me. It doesn't belong on you. When things get hard, we have to recognize, man, this feels like a heavy burden and it shouldn't be. So I need to run to the feet of Jesus. Because he's the one who said, easy yoke, light burden. Psalm 23. I love this version, the Passion Translation. This is so beautiful. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Friends, you cannot do life. You cannot do a race well without the rhythm of rest. You have to inhale before you exhale. And that involves the person of Jesus going to him in relationship, going to him for the strength, going to him for all that you need to finish your race. Isaiah 40, 31, very familiar verse, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That word wait means be still. Be still and listen What do you have for me in this moment, Lord? Sometimes we need the fresh bread out of the oven, okay? 
That fresh bread is what is God saying right now in this moment? What is God telling me to do right now in this moment? They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The only way that you will finish your race and finish it well is to have the rhythm of going to Christ in rest, breathing him in so you can go out and breathe out. The third thing is to keep your focus. So you already know your race. And then you've trained for your race or you're still training for your race. But the third thing is to keep your focus. This is where a lot of people get tripped up. Because see, there's people around you that are in their race, right? And you're on your track, but you see somebody else on another track. And you think, well, maybe that's my race because it looks fun. And you think, I'm going to step over there and get on that track to do that race with that person, but it's not yours. You lost your focus on your race. Or sometimes someone's in the same race as you, but they're at a different pace. And you get distracted, you lose your focus. You have to learn to run your race and not somebody else's. And this is where a lot of people get tripped up. And it is probably one of the biggest plights of the enemy is to, to tell you you should look like so-and-so. And I think that that was one of the biggest areas I had struggled is like I wanted to be sweet and quiet. And it's just not in me. And I could do it probably for a couple of days and then I'm just dying. And, 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 I, and I have to understand God made me this way for a reason. And God made you the way you are for a reason. And it's beautiful and it's perfect when it's channeled into the call that he's got on your life. Another thing is in the beginning mile of the marathon I was in, it was really very hard to keep my focus. And here's why. At that first mile, when that gun fired, there were people around me that appeared to be sprinting. And it's, it's like easy to think, well, maybe I should be at that pace. Maybe I'm going too slow. But I had to stop myself because if I went their pace, I would die by mile three. But you've got to keep your pace. What pace has God called you to? You are unique. With every bit of intentionality, God crafted you uniquely for the call he's got on your life. Don't get distracted by what somebody else is doing or the pace they're going or the track that they're on. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 it's about comparing ourselves. Of course, we wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. They compare themselves to one another and make up their own standards to measure themselves by, and then they judge themselves by their own standards. What self-delusion. We are not called to be a cookie cutter. We're not called to look like everybody else. Everybody else. 
We serve a very creative God. We are each fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? And it's easy to agree with that, but when God says, I want you to use that special characteristic I gave you and channel it for my kingdom, then we start hesitating and think, oh my gosh, I don't think I'm supposed to be like this. Now granted, anything can be perverted, but when you channel your gifts, your characteristics, everything that God has made unique about you into his purpose to serve him because you love him, It is powerful. So embrace how he's made you. I love this quote by Richard Rohr. He's a Franciscan monk. I love his books. Um, Life is not a matter of creating a special name for ourselves, but of uncovering the name we have always had. See, you have a name in heaven. And what our life is really devoted to is journeying inward to discover who that person is that God already knows. And as we embrace the God within us, he can be expressed without us. Which means everybody who comes in contact with us gets to experience the kingdom. See, for us to deny The expression, the full expression of how God made us is to deny him the glory he deserves. If I try to look like another woman or or be like another woman in personality and in volume, whatever it is, then I'm denying God the glory to be manifested out of me. And so I have to embrace how he's made me and let that be expressed externally. The last thing is to not get distracted. So remember, it was know your race, keep your focus. I mean, sorry, train for your race, keep your focus. And now not to get distracted. Let me tell you, the enemy's going to come at you. He's going to have opposition. He's going to have trials. He's going to have heartache trying to stop you and hinder you from completing your race. But even if he can't accomplish it there, he's going to try to distract you. That is a big, big thing. Um, and, And we can't get distracted because we have to have our eyes locked on Jesus. We have to have our eyes locked on the race that he set before us. And so it's really important to not get distracted The story of Nehemiah is a great one. He was a prophet of God called to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And immediately when he received the call, answered the call, he had opposition. He had enemies. No surprise there, right? But I love the way that he handled it. Let's pick up in Nehemiah 6. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies. Okay, so there were multitudes of enemies, okay, not just three. When they heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates. Let's stop right there. He's got the wall rebuilt, but it's not finished because the doors have not been hung, but he is extremely close. Can I get an amen? He's extremely close to the finish line of what God has called him to. And in verse 2, 
It's at that time that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. It's at that point that the enemy came in and tried to pull him away from the work that he was doing. But Nehemiah was plugged in to God. He was plugged in and listening to God and said, Wait a minute, this is not a good thing. He used his discernment in that area. And then we pick up in verse 3. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Friends, there's going to be times where your hand is to a plow and you're doing effectual work for the kingdom of God. And there's going to be a distraction that's going to try and pull you away from what you're called to. And you just need to say, wait up, I'm doing a great work here and I'm not going to be pulled away from it. I'm going to continue this race. Then in verse 3, so I sent messengers to them. This is Nehemiah saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. But then he picks up in verse 4, but they sent me this message four times. And I answered them in the same manner. Let me tell you, you need to be more persistent than the devil is. Because he's not just going to try once, he's going to try multiple times. And we have to have the wherewithal to stay firmly footed in what God has called us to do so that we can finish our race well. Another thing too here is if you're battling a lot of opposition, a lot of trial, a lot of stumbling blocks, you feel like you're having to jump through hurdles to finish your race, I'm telling you it's because you're close. Because when you get close to that thing that God has called you to, the enemy is terrified. And he will try to pull out every stop to hinder you, to slow you down. But it's only being plugged into the vine that helps us to keep going. And not get distracted. Here's another thing. Is that. I told God yes to the call. To serve him. All my life. But that was not the only time I had to say yes. Answering the call of God. Has to be done multiple times. Not for his sake but for ours. And there's going to be multiple times throughout your lifetime that you're going to need to say yes again and again and again. We already have that covenant with him, but sometimes we need to remind ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I going through the pain? Why am I going through the heartache? It's because of my overwhelming love for this person, Jesus Christ, and what he's done in my life. And I can't quit praising him for what he's brought me through and what he's done in my family. And who am I to tell him no? It's so important to run with passion. And that passion is the love that we have for him. And if you don't feel like you're walking in a spirit of gratitude, you just think back to where you've come from. 
If you start even going there, you're going to have the spirit of praise on your mouth. And you can't help but thank God for what he's done in your life, what he's done in your family's life, what he's done in your marriage, what he's done in your finances, what he's done in your career. You can't help but thank him. Hebrews 12 Verse 1, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out before us. That passion and determination is going to help us get through those seasons when it's tough. And I know some of you are already aware how hard it is. It's not a cakewalk. It's hard. And there are moments that I'm fully aware I need to go back to Jesus. Because I have stepped outside of the vine. And that's why I'm feeling it so heavily. I have to keep my passion stirred up so that I can serve people well and love them well. Because without Jesus... I'm no good to anybody. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When you can't stand anymore, there's someone who can hold you up. Amen. When you're feeling weak, there's somebody who can strengthen you. And we have to go to the right oasis, not the oasis of meditating on our failures or meditating on the hurt, because that's when people slip into chronic depression, when, when people quit. We have to focus our minds and our hearts on the person of Jesus to cultivate that passion, to keep it stirred up so that we can run with that passion, determination, and not give in. There's another quote that I love. All great spirituality is about what we do with our pain. It's not that you're going to have this guarantee of no pain. No, there will be pain. And I'm here to challenge you. What are you going to do with your pain? What are you going to do with the pain when someone deceives you? What are you going to do with the pain when someone leaves you? What are you going to do with the pain when things aren't working out well? What are you going to do with the pain when there's opposition? Are we running to Jesus or are we just throwing in the towel? Or are we meditating on how horrible we have it? When someone asks you how you're doing, you go through this litany of all the things that are wrong instead of meditating on who is right. God was right when he called you. God was right when he said, this is what I have for you. And all we have to do is co-labor with him and say, I agree. Amen. I agree that this is who I am and I'm going to step into it fully. That's good. So again, you need to know your race. Who are you called to be? What is your name in heaven? Because that is what life is about. I want to be the full expression of who I'm known by in heaven. Train for your race. It takes intentionality. It takes time. It takes being.
being deliberate. Keep your focus. Don't look at what someone else is doing. Be who God created you to be. Be the individual that was uniquely made, handcrafted by the hand of God. And then lastly, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by people maybe that don't believe in you. I believe that's for somebody in here. Maybe people don't believe in you, but you know what? God believes in you. And that one overcomes all the doubt. Connect to that. Connect to that. See, I believe that we are called to finish our race exuberantly, happily. And that's what I want to challenge you this morning to do. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for everybody that's here this morning. I thank you that their passion will be stirred up by your word. I just even uh, declare that, that there, there's people in here where you've had a dream, you've had a passion, but it's just kind of been swept aside. That Holy Spirit, you bring that back up. That it not be hidden, you uncover it and make it fresh. And I even say that we are a people that are diligent and persistent. We are a people connected to the vine. We are a people strengthened by your love, knowing our source. Fully aware, fully intentional. So I thank you, Father, for who you are. And I thank you for every unique person in this place and the great call that you have on their lives and that they will finish their race and finish it well, not half-heartedly, but passionately and happily. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. And I thank you for all the people in here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.